Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. We've got a very special show at NBS Studio Guest Colin Cowher from Fox Sports is coming on to talk some USC Trojan football. He has a lot of knowledge as far as USC goes. Uh, it's really nice to have him in the studio. Colin, I got to uh, go to your studio last week and check it out. It's a little bit different than the, the one here, but, you know, we, we, we do what we can. Well, I am a, a media, American media icon, <laughs> so I have a massive studio and a huge staff, of course. But uh, you've got your power bars over here, your fiber one. <laughs> you've got uh, plenty of water to keep hydrated, so you're good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was uh, it was awesome. I, people, obviously, it's not something that the public can kind of tour, but your studio is, is massive, and it was funny to see you and Christine in there talking. It sounded like it was an echo chamber because we don't have all the, the sound effects and stuff going on. It just sounds like a really quiet conversation in a really big room. Yeah, when we built the studio, it was a TV studio, so I make them keep the lights off and the other half of it so there's some intimacy, you know, when you're talking on the air. But it's a, I used to do a radio show, now I do a TV show that's on radio, so it's a little different feel. But, uh, you know, the world changes and, in I think the growth for me from this point forward is probably TV, so we had to do it in the big TV studio. I, I saw, it's a little cold in there. Yeah. Christine, behind the scenes, this is like how the sausage is made. Christine had like an electric blanket on her lap. Yes. Well, cold. <laughs> I get tired if I'm warm. Uh-huh. So I don't eat during the show and I keep it cold. It's a Letterman trick. It's a Letterman trick. <laughs> keep a Red Bull nearby, keep the energy up, but a warm studio puts me to sleep. Well, thanks again for coming on. And before we uh, jump into everything, Colin has a, a lot of knowledge about USC football and we have some questions on Twitter and some people emailed some questions. I want to thank our sponsor for our show, Trader Joe's. Uh, they just opened a brand new Trader Joe's store. In Hermosa Beach, uh, where I live. I don't know if it's Colin back from yep. back east. Were you, uh, you, you a Trader Joe's I'm fan? I'm a Trader Joe's fan. There's one by my workout club, and they have amazing tuna tartar. I saw a, you eating that when I came uh, into the studio. Oh, come on, man. That's one of my things. Because you, you don't eat a lot during because you don't want to get tired, right? During right. So it's a blood sugar thing. So I try to eat almonds and apples and don't eat. I got a whole Scientology thing going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm without without uh, Tom Cruise. I got my own little religion on how to do radio and how to keep your energy up. Well, they their 50th anniversary will be in August of 2017. They're going to open a brand new Trader Joe's uh, at USC uh, at the University Village there. So that should be cool. Uh, we love it. My wife and I make almost every night we're making something from Trader Joe's. I know there's so many good things there. So if you guys definitely go check it out, Trader Joe's. Um, awesome stuff. I love the beer and wine selection too. Tremendous. They got some really good stuff. They there, do. So, but thanks for Trader Joe's for sponsoring the podcast and thank you, Colin, for uh, coming on. Um, so you've been very positive, I guess you could say, about this, uh, USC Trojan team. Obviously they won nine in a row last year, won the Rose Bowl. Sam Darnold, you're a Clay Helton fan. Um, you seem to be more optimistic than some of the other national pundits that cover college football. Well, I'm Phil Steele has them fourth. Um, I think they're thin at linebacker, but talented. Um, I think like every team in college football, including Alabama this year, they could use another pass rusher. Uh, I think they're over, I think their offensive line issues are overstated. I think they've got a lot of starts and a lot of good players. Um, I, I think they're really good. They have the best quarterback in the country. They have a schedule, which is largely uh, favorable. All the tough home games except Notre Dame are at home. 
and you get Notre Dame's pretty good, but they play them late. And Notre Dame's never got a ton of depth. You know, they're not LSU. They can't give you three and four great running backs. So you may get lucky in week eight or nine. And Notre Dame, like they were a few years ago, is a little thin. Um, I think it's a good schedule. You know, I think Clay Helton's a better recruiter um, than people gave him credit for. Uh, T. Martin is hard for me to tell if he's a great coordinator or has a great quarterback. Yeah. Because uh, Sam Darnold is so instinctive. He's very Favre that I don't know how much is scripted and how much isn't. Very Derek Carr. Um, is Jack Del Rio a great coach? Are those great two-point <laughs> conversions, or is Carr just making stuff happen? Right. So that, that last drive against Penn State so typical Sam Darnold. I mean, he just made throws that a lot of guys just wouldn't make. So I think there's some questions. But I, I, I think, by and large, it's the first time where I see um, – backups that are starters. I think there's some places like safety, uh, like running back, like uh, tight end, where players who would be very good starters on other Pac-12 teams will be reduced to backups. Yeah, I think with the, the sanctions, now you're you know four or so years over them. This is about the time you thought sanctions would kind of end. I'm curious on the coaching side, because like you said, it was T. Martin's first year of calling plays. You know, Clay Helton's first year as being the full-time head coach, obviously, you know, winning nine games in a row. How much of that is the Sam Darnold factor? Uh, we don't really know. You know, I think people feel confident in Clancy Pendergast, maybe not as confident on the other side of the ball. Do you, do you feel like, even though he was a first-year head coach and T. Martin's a first-year offensive coordinator, that this could work, that they, they have what it takes to be at the upper echelon of college football? Well, I mean, like everybody, I'm a better radio host today than five years ago. I mean, T. Martin was a great recruiter, and if you did not elevate him, he was going to leave. SEC would pay a million dollars to get T. Martin to recruit. So I, I, one of the things I've learned in my own career is that I generally every job I take, I'm bailing water for about three months. So I thought in the first couple of weeks, first couple of games, T. was trying to play catch-up. Alabama's not a great team to open with, no, that was with an immobile quarterback. <laughs> but I, th- I saw real improvement from Stanford to Utah. And when I saw that, I thought, okay, they've, they've settled down. T is in a little bit of a rhythm. I think it's really hard to tell. Sam is just, uh, it would be easier to tell with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's not making stuff up. He's a pocket quarterback. So Sam, you just don't know what's just great play calling and great play. But I do feel like, um, they're at a good spot now. Now though, I think the staff is segueing into a, um, into a different concern. Um, they've proven they can recruit. They've proven they can win. And they've proven they can win close games, Penn State. I think now it's, okay, now we have some depth. Clancy historically doesn't rotate a lot of guys in. Now, if you're not getting 18 guys playing on defense, then you get disgruntled linemen who want to transfer and they don't sell the program. So the issues now for USC are the ability of the staff to rotate players, to let these guys play, because the best recruiter for a pro- program is other players. So that's a that's a rich guy's problem. You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. a good problem to have. But I think they've got some defensive depth here, and I want to. Do they have the ability to substitute quickly, to get a lot of players in, to use that depth? It's one thing to recruit it; it's another to use it. So their problems now are good problems to have. You, uh, it's funny you mentioned the improvement from Stanford to Utah. Utah's a game that USC lost, and people forget that was Sam Darnold's first start. Um, it was a close game. Looked like USC should have won. And after the game, I don't know if you remember, Clay Helton was, he was so upbeat. He was talking about 
all the improvements that were made and he seemed very it just seemed like hey the team is one and three do you really it's like you wanted to it's like there's a reality slap needed something has to happen here but it ended up he was right you know he was right about the team improving and then they went on that winning streak so i don't know if that's something you saw too but he yeah. didn't know it you know yeah i don't i don't it's not all winning and losing um like i think there were some concerns i saw in the penn state game even though they won um i thought they had they got gashed defensively i think their cornerbacks at times got turned around um it's not always winning and losing um to me it's growth can you can you be better like stanford to utah i just saw a more organized team yeah you know, they got to the line there was a sense of purpose there was a sense of confidence so I, I, I try not to judge everything on winning and losing. Um, I thought Penn State played their ass off. Like I was blown away by how they good were Penn. Great, yeah. Most Big Ten teams come out to the Rose Bowl and it's a home game for Pac-12 teams and they look overwhelmed. Penn State could have easily won that game and would have if Sam Darnold wasn't ridiculous. Yeah. So I, 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 I was more impressed with Penn State going into next season losing. So I, I, but I just, I think between Stanford and Utah, I, I felt a greater sense of purpose, um, more confidence within the program, fewer goofy mistakes, guys lining up wrong, big gaps on the offensive line. I, I, I like where the program is. And, and there's some continuity now in their offensive and defensive coaches. I mean, Jesus, how many offensive line coaches in six years? So I, I like the continuity I see. They're, uh, yeah, they had all the coaches back except one. Uh, the running back coach, Dylan McCullough, who's actually funny. He's actually on his way over here. Where, this is, I have a booking agent. I don't know, Colin. It's, I got you. Incredible. I got uh, the running back coach from USC coming into the studio. I feel it's like I'm a, on Kimmel's show. I just got stars <laughs> coming in and out. for all the people that are going to be here. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that's going to be different this year is the expectations. There weren't a lot of expectations, especially right. after the, the rough start. We had a question emailed in from Tarek, who he said, what can Clay do that he's not going to be derailed by high expectations like Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian were. Well, Clay's not Clay's not a real hype master. He's a real common sense guy. Um, the concern with Clay when he got hired was, did he have the salesmanship to build a staff and to sell players? Well, they've been, in his last two recruiting classes, they have been tremendous closers. Uh, they've also kept secrets. They'll, they sign guys that maybe you know about, but most people don't. So it's a pretty smart, covert operation. He's a good teacher. He reminds me of a little bit of Mike Riley uh, with, I think, a little bit more of an ash chewer on him. Mike was a little too nice. He, he's really a Mike Riley as a teacher, but Clay can get after you. Um, he's got good lineage in his family with his father. His dad was tough. Yeah. Yeah, his his dad was known as... Your line coach usually pretty tough. He yeah. was rough, rough <laughs> on people. Clay's known as a nicer version. But Clay's got a little of that in him. Um, you know, he, he has high expectations. I, I, I don't see Clay's issues, um, being overconfidence. I don't think that's in him. I think his, his, his faith and his background leads to a very even temperament. Um, I think in game, I've been impressed by him. He, he's got, I, that's not the issue. The, the issue can, is he a good, is, I, I grew up with Don James, who was a great coach of coaches. Can the defensive line, the young defensive line coach get better? Is Clay a good teacher of coaches? Clancy's sort of his own on an island. Yeah. But I think that'll be the growth of Clay Hilton is, uh, as a mentor, as teaching young coaches. But he's proven he can close. I think he's a, I think he's a very qualified in-game coach. I think 
I don't see a lot of transfers in chaos. I mean, the kids who have left, it's been on the kid, not Clay. Yeah. So I I feel pretty solid about it. I don't know if Clay's a a a, a you know the guy I recommended for the job, and I remember I talked to uh, J.K. McKay about this because he would he would listen from time to time, and I said Whittingham at Utah. I said, listen, USC has tried the famous rock star coach. <laughs> USC provides the glamour. Just get a rock solid guy, and Whittingham felt like the guy for me, and and. Clay shares a lot of his personality traits, faith, family, football, loyalty. So USC provides the hype. I don't think you need a hype guy to coach the program. Pete's just a very special coach. He's one of the five best NFL coaches. He was the best college coach. You're not going to hit that again. You're not going to get another Sam Darnold, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a once in 20 year guy. Andrew Luck's a once in a 20 year player. Pete was a once in a, a, a program coach. Yeah. The, uh, it's funny, you want to root for a guy like Clay Helton because he is one of the nicest guys, like you mentioned, like a Mike Riley. Can you win at that level being the nice guy? I mean, you see the Nick Sabans of the world. Like, those guys are so harsh. Well, I Mac think. Brown wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can at U.S. First of all, I don't think you can necessarily at the NFL level. It's more dog-eat-dog. Um, I think there's a handful of college programs. You know, Jim Trussell was mostly a religious nice guy. He he by the way, he was won a national title. Yeah. Um yeah, I think you can. Um I've always said five percent jerk's not a terrible thing in any business. Law, medicine. Yeah. And what's jerk? It that's subjective. Do I think Clay Helton, if he saw a problem within the staff, could fire a coach? Yes. Um listen, Clay knows what he is. He's not glamorous. Clay knows that. Clay knows this is a great job. And I think Clay, that creates an urgency. Lynn Swan did not hire him. Clay is not going to rest on his laurels. Clay knows they need to win 10 to 11 games this year. Yeah. And so if, if, if Clay was the type of guy to, um, you know, take his foot off the pedal, if he was, and I don't think he is, he's got that Lynn Swan thing hanging over him. Most athletic directors, have egos, and they like to hire the football coach. Yeah. Their vision of the football coach. Right. That's not him. Um, yeah, we don't know. We'll have to see how that turns out. Tark also wanted to know, what NFL quarterback does Sam Darnold remind you of? And he said, P.S., I'm your biggest fan. Well, he, the, the comparisons to Andrew Luck are very fair. Um, he's instinctive. Good arm, not great. Uh, I've talked to two NFL um, executives about Sam Darnold. Off the record, they can't talk about him. He's got a little hitch in his throwing motion that uh, coaches want to see more of. He does tend to shorten that hitch up in a muddy pocket. So it's it's not a Tebow-esque, elongated Byron Leftwich issue. It's a little long, but it, he shortens it up against Penn State or Washington when the crowd, when the pocket gets muddy. Um, he's instinctive. He's going to make throws that you wince. He's going to throw interceptions. He plays a little fast. He's raw, um, but he's smart. Uh, he's tough. Uh, I'd say he's got a, you know forty percent luck, twenty percent Favre. Uh, he's not Brady. He's more talented than Brady. You know, John Elway threw a lot of picks. Aikman threw interceptions. Marino did. Namath did. Um, you're just going to have to live with Sam Darnold making occasional mistakes. That's okay. I mean, I think 
anytime, listen, if you marry a supermodel, she's going to be late occasionally, and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I like that. There was also a call on a lot of people asking about uh, when the coaching change was going on, and you're, you know, you're a Seattle guy. What was the deal with Chris Peterson? Was there an offer there? Did he turn it down? Would he have come to Los Angeles? What are your whole thoughts on Chris Peterson? Well, Chris Peterson is a different personality. Uh, Chris made a lot of money in Boise, and he's not a flashy guy. I don't know if he fits L.A. Uh, Chris Peterson's reputation is detail-oriented, tremendous player development. Okay, recruiter. Um, he's got a really nice eye for talent, but he's a talent evaluator and a talent developer. You know, everybody always looks at recruiting and goes, oh, that guy's a great recruiter. But Nick Saban takes you, and then he develops you. And I, and I think sometimes we don't give that enough credit for coaches. And um, I think Peterson's a really good fit at Washington. Um, I think because there's, you know, you have a very high-profile NFL team, the Seahawks, it takes a lot of glare off the Huskies. And I don't think Peterson wants that. You know, Peterson... And I rarely say this, but Clay Helton and Peterson, this will be their last job if they have a say. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't say that about Willie Taggart. He's a go-getter. He's going to climb some ladders. He's going to get NFL offers here in about three or four years. He's going to get, uh, you know, he's going to get an SEC offer. They are recruiting really well up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, but there are certain coaches who are really comfortable in their own skin. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. Coaching USC and Washington, those are good jobs. <laughs> Washington's a good job, no state tax, beautiful city. Now, the state only provides about six really high-end D1 players a year, Oregon two, Hawaii three. So your recruiting base is limited. But, you know, Peterson knows the Rockies West, so they're, they've built a formidable program. They've got Right now they have elite talent at Gaskin at running back, nice player. He's a, he's a Sunday player. They've got nice quarterback and tight end and wide receiver talent. They have their best front seven in 20 years at Washington. So I think Peterson is a better fit in Washington, and I think Clay, because of his lineage and his dad and the program, is a better fit at USC. Wait, right before you walked in, I tweeted out, hey, any questions for Colin? You're coming in. We got some. It's funny. A lot of response, a lot of responses. There's some people that don't like you, Colin. I don't know about that. What, what's well, going on? Well, it is. I am. <laughs> Well, there's some I not meat. There's some I find myself very likable. <laughs> I, I okay. Well, some of the uh, okay. So one of the questions was, what do you think about the depth on this year's team, specifically the defense? I think the team's a little thin at linebacker. I like their personnel. They're a little thin. Uh, I think they're going to probably need a kid like Levi Jones to step in and play a little bit, a little bit. Um, but I mean, the, the problems USC has, they're good problems to have. I love them. You know, they'll probably go out this year and recruit a couple running backs. They'll probably go out this year. They need some linebacker depth. But, I mean, they solved their tight end safety issues. Uh, it's the first time in, in recent memory they've got some interior defensive line depth. Um, I, I think they're fine. I, Clancy's defense, um, I thought last year was pretty consistent. Penn State was kind of ugly for about an hour. But, um, I think they're in a good spot. I think this is a good team. Uh, you know, even Pete's teams, you know, you go back, and I, and I say this with all due respect, Pete Carroll was very fortunate. The conference was awful. Yeah. California was the second-best team in the program, and Pete was trying to get Tedford out of here for four years. When Pete was here, you didn't have to play nine conference games. You didn't have a Pac-12 championship. You didn't have a semifinal game. You go 11-1, and one, you're playing for national title. How would Pete do 
if he had to play Utah and Utah, then he had to play Oregon and Otson again, and then he had to play Florida State to get to a national title. Well, you bet he didn't have that run. So I think people have to – Alabama's only won one of the last four national titles. Nick Saban's now in 20 bowl games, 11 and 9. Okay, it's hard today. Yeah. Like, let's let's bring it down a little bit. If if you told me right now that USC loses a, a, a Stanford, Texas, rolls the table, uh, as a, uh, wins the Pac-12 championship, but then uh, uh, loses a semifinal game, so they end up with two losses, I'd be like, I'll sign up right now for it. Yeah. Come on now. Like, you can't you can't say national title or bust. You got to play another Pac-12 game, a Pac-12 conference. By the way. I can make an argument right now. Pac-12's never been coached better. You got David Shaw. I got Chris Peterson. Those are two of the top seven coaches in the country. Go look at the SEC right now. Out, take Saban out. Out, ask yourself, who's the second best coach in that conference? Now, I like Kevin Sumlin. He goes seven and four this year. He's out of work. (laughs) Pac-12's got Shaw, Peterson. Moore has been an NFL guy. Clay Helton's shown the staff can win. This this is a well-coached staff. I mean, Rich Rodriguez... Was the best coach in the Big East. Yeah. What is he, our seventh best coach? Look at Crazy Leach in Washington State. Yeah. Who wants, you go look at USC schedule. That's the game Clay yeah, Helton's looking at. Yeah. Friday, Friday night at Wazoo. Night. He's like, a oh, short God. week, two road short games. Short week. Yeah. It's, it's a TV game. It's their biggest game of the year. So I think you have to bring down expectations. That was, uh, that was a tweet from Chris Ham. Uh, JD Salio wants to know, and I think I know the answer to this. Is Sam Darnold a real Heisman? Con- contender he's the leader in the clubhouse don't but you know again don't be shocked andrew luck came back off a year he went 31 touchdowns 10 picks 71 percent completion percentage and 12 and one like don't sam darnold's dad i think he's in the contract plumbing business this is a really good family sam's not a hype guy let's just let sam live let's let him breathe let's enjoy the season let's not put him in another league He's going to be a really good player. Um, I don't think, I'll tell you, I don't think, I think the schedule's strong enough this year. USC's not winning games 45-7. I think they'll be in competitive games, and I think he's going to have a really good season. But USC is not going to promote that heavily either. I mean, Sam's a sophomore. It's not like Carson's last year. I don't see USC really heavily promoting Sam. Yeah. Well, they, Carson Palmer wasn't even on the cover of the media guide his senior year, so that was a that was a late Heisman push. It was mostly came from from Carson and what he was. Yeah, give me one of the hate tweets. I like those. Oh, you want, uh, give me a hate tweet. Do you want a hate one? Yeah, I like the hate tweet. Did John Wall urinate in his cereal when he was at Kentucky? <laughs> well, that wasn't really a hate one. Um, That's a statement more than a question. LOL. Collins should be tweeting what questions he could ask you. Uh, yeah, there's all. I mean, there's like why is he trash? So it's really so nice. mean spirit. There's not, you know, what so, is this, the UCLA board? What, what's going on here? There's so much hate. Uh, Scott McGregor wants to know, uh, where is, where do you rank the Pac-12 among the other five power conferences? I think it's really well coached. I think the ACC has had a really good two-year run. Uh, I think uh, Clemson's got it rolling. Florida State's got it rolling. Um, I think the last couple of years ACC's uh, risen. I think the SEC has the most NFL bodies. I don't think it's terribly well coached. I'm going to give some love to the Big Ten, too. Um, I think, I think Paul Chris has been surprising. I think Mark D'Antonio does a really good job at Michigan State. I think obviously Harbaugh and Urban Meyer are really good. 
Um, you should mention Indiana just because I have Indiana. By here. the way, <laughs> it's really interesting. So a couple years ago, I'm watching the game with Indiana, and I see this running back Howard. This was two years ago, and I text one of my buddies, and I oh, I do this because I have no life, and I'm like, Hoosiers running back, last name Howard. It was like October. I said, put it in your book, mark my words. Pretty good. How's that? His coach is sitting right. Next I was to you watching. Right it was I think he was number eight. He was number eight, and I'm watching Indiana, and I'm and I literally I text my buddies. I'm like, I may never watch Indiana the rest of the year. Howard, big back, make he got speed, big size, ride it. I think he's now a Steeler. Is he a Pittsburgh Steeler? Chicago Bear. Bear. My yeah. bad. Um, if you want another hate tweet, this is a good. Yeah, one. yeah. Big Bully Twenty Two says, "Why is he such a douchebag? Quit hating on Curry. Do you hate on Curry?" No, Curry's fine. You're just a big LeBron guy. That's Listen, all. I believe in the NBA. Histo- when I grew up as a kid, centers won. Now it's wing players. We fall in love with point guards because they're dynamic. They're firework shows. And they make great highlights. And people don't watch entire regular season games, right? So you watch the highlights, and Westbrook's amazing. Yeah. And Curry's amazing. But you know how the NBA works. You get to the finals, and the refs swallow the whistle, and physicality reigns, and the big guys like Durant and LeBron are the deciding factor. It's nothing against I love Curry. He's smart. He's fun. He's brilliant. But he, he's been a little hot and cold in, in the conference finals and the finals. Uh, Mark wants to know, is there a clause in your contract that you have to mention USC at least once every show? He does it a lot, even in the offseason. I love USC. <laughs> you, you know, in your office, you didn't have any USC paraphernalia there. I, I know, but you know how I am. Up. By the way, have you, yeah, updated, like have you updated your scholarship chart? I did this morning. I Colin, know you did. You. Yeah. I did. You, it yeah. frustrates the heck out of me. <laughs> I believe me. If you don't have Reuben Peters on your chart, it pisses me off. Yeah. So if you didn't realize that Colin knows a lot about USC football, he knows the the former walk on, fullback turned whatever that's now on scholarship. I like I like the team. I I, I think the ov- I think the offensive line issues are overstated. I think most teams in the Pac-12 would take USC's offensive line. Plus, um, the freshman kid who I went and saw practice twice, who I could not believe. I'm pretty good at guessing on tape. Like a game I always play is I'll watch all the recruiting tape and I'll send Clay. I'll be like, here's going to be better than you think. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about this guy. And Andrew, um, Voorhees. I can't, I can't believe he's ready to play. Yeah. He's way stronger than I thought. I, I can't believe it. So they didn't even expect that. And I, Austin Jackson's not a campus yet. He may he he may end up in space. He looks like he'll be able to block in space. Yeah. So for all the offensive line concerns, Andrew can play right now. Now maybe it's an interior backup role. I don't know how he's going to be in space against pass rushers. But there's you know there's not a ton. This is not the SEC. On that right side, there's not a ton of great NFL pass rushers in the Pac-12. But if you have a good one, he's on the left side. So I think USC's O line is better than people think. Again, I think they're thin at linebacker, um, but and I think you'll see in this recruiting class probably four linebackers sign. Yeah, uh, I know you said you have no life, so we'll we'll, we'll have a, we'll do a couple quick ones. Sure, we'll let you go. sure. Because um, you got stuff to do. Anne's at home waiting for you. Probably she's debugging uh, the bedroom today. Debugging. The she bedroom. said I'm. She said I. She's doing something where there was like fleas in the bedroom. We got a dog, and she lets the dog. You know, she'll let the dog, dog occasionally, and I'm bed. like, get that dog out of that bedroom. I got fleas in the, what's, what's happening to my life? I've been reduced to debugging my bedroom. Criminy. Well, J, JP wants to know, who are USC's two best receivers? You know, the kid I like, and I just love his story, is the last kid they signed a couple years ago. Um, 
uh, Burnett. Yeah, Deontay Burnett. I yeah. really like him. I, he's a blue shirt. He was a switch-on signing day love guy. Him. You know what, Washington man? State. First of all, he's got good hands. He runs good routes. He feels hungry to me. Um, you know, something that's underrated is, I mean, Randy Moss ran essentially his entire career one route, <laughs> you know, because Randy could do that. Yeah. But a lot of times these receivers that Burnett has a sense of who he is. And it's, it, he's really under, he has a good sense of self-awareness. He knows what he does well. He plays to his strengths. You know, you can, he can figure out places in a zone to get open. There's just, and I'll tell you something that I noticed with him. Darnold trusts him. Yeah. Like when I watch him play, I think, oh, Sam trusts him. By the way, there are, you know, Patrick Turner had a lot of talent. There were times I didn't trust him if a ball was in the air. <laughs> I think sometimes we overstay. Oh, he runs a four three. He run, when I let go of that football, do I trust you? Ocho Cinco went to New England. Tom didn't trust him. Moss did. Tom trusted him. And I think when I watch Darnold and Burnett, I'm like, oh, that's a relationship. Like they trust He's each other. He's throwing the ball when Burnett's not looking. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You don't throw that back shoulder throw unless you have a relationship. That's pre-practice, post-practice. So that's what I see. Uh, as far as the second one, we'll wait and see who emerges. Pittman's a really interesting player. He's not a natural. Like when I watch him at practice, I'm like, He's just, I'm not sure, I'm not sure exactly, he's not a natural pass catcher. Like he, but he can, he makes it happen. But when I watch him as an athlete, I look at his build, I'm like, you could put 15 pounds on him and you could put him in different spaces, but I think he'll end up being a productive player. And that's what it's about. It's about productivity. There's a big question, number two, who's going to be that guy? There's a lot of candidates there. I really liked what Tyler Vaughns did in the spring. I, think I just don't know enough about yeah, him. Yeah, his transition to college, I think, was a little slow for his redshirt year, but he looks like the real deal to me now, at least to my untrained eye. Um, Brandon wants to know, USC adjacent, but does he have did you have any thoughts on Justin Wilcox at Cal? I've heard he's been really negative on Wilcox in the past. I don't know if you have been. I think there are times I thought he um, he was an overthinker at times. I thought he did a really nice job with Wisconsin's personnel. Uh, I think we have to be fair to coaches. Coaches get better. They improve over time. I thought he, I thought at Washington he was an upgrade from Nick Holt for Sark. And then I thought he went to USC and I thought he coached scared at times. Now, in fairness, he didn't have a ton of depth to work with. Um, and then he went to Wisconsin and that was a, they they had some experienced players and some nice defensive players. And I thought he played a more aggressive style. Now, remember, if, if you're a defensive coordinator, what, what is your head coach telling you you're allowed to do? Maybe at Wisconsin, Paul Chris is like, listen, we don't have a lot of offensive firepower. You got to be aggressive. You know, you know, maybe at USC, when he was at USC, Clay's like, we do have some offensive firepower. Don't burn me. I don't want to see big pass rushes. So in fairness to Justin, uh, he's a really smart guy. He comes from a football family. You have to be careful with assistants and a cor- young coordinators. What are they asked to do? Uh, you know, Nick Saban, a friend of mine's Jim McElwain, coach of Florida. And I, I, you know, I, I, uh, lived right next to McElwain during college. And Mac used to tell me, Nick said, don't lose games for me. So McElwain's <laughs> a very creative guy. And Nick's like, don't lose games. I got, he had that Rolando McLean team. Remember that team? That, yeah. that team, that was a good Alabama that was really team. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what Saban allowed Jim McElwain to do. Ball control, no turnovers, high, uh, either over the top out of bounds or high percentage completions. 
So let's Wilcox now is a head coach. Um, I think the hardest thing for a good coordinator to do as a head coach is relinquish responsibility because you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I'm making $2 million. It's the most money I've made. My girls are in prep school. I can't screw this up. And so you, you don't want to give up control. And I think it's a real psychological game. Lane, I used to tell Lane, I'm like, Lane, you, you gotta, you gotta let people coach. Yeah. You know, Clay, to his credit, has really given the defensive side of the ball to Clancy. You know, that's, that's shows maturity. So Wilcox is going to have to learn that. Wow. I'm just going to have to stay out of some rooms. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing for young coaches. I think Ed Ordron was that way when he was at first at Old Miss. And I think he was definitely a better head coach when he came to USC. And I think we'll see at LSU. But it's one of those things that a lot of fans are like, ah, they're not going to learn. But you have to learn. You realize I can't just control everything. So I think he's someone that's relinquished some of that control. And I think it's going to serve him well. I think, you know, Belichick's a better coach today than seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Coaches are just like anybody else. They learn. They get better. Uh, Chris welcomes you to the West Coast. You've been, well, how long have you been out here now? Like a, two, two years, years, but I'm now? from here. I'm yeah. a West Coast guy. Yeah. And then one last one we'll do George. He says, uh, do you think that USC can win the Natty in the next three years? Well, this is a good year because you have this, a special player quarterback. So can you win it? Can, can they win it? Yeah, sure. Um, they usually have better than average quarterbacks. Uh, there's certain situ perimeter players are usually better than average. Uh, right now, I think Ohio State this year probably has better pass rushers, has some special bodies they may not have up front. Um, they don't have a bye this year. You try not to get worn down. I think they can win the national championship this year, but I think they need luck. Um, I think they need to be injury free. I think at linebacker, they got to cross their fingers that, that Cameron doesn't get hurt, that Levi Jones can step in and play a little, that, uh, Nuosu can come in and, and again, stay healthy. I think he's really important. Yeah. He's, Clay's really high on him. Yeah, sure. he's you go to practice, he stands out. So I think there's luck involved. I mean, listen, Alabama didn't win. They came within a play of winning. Uh, Clemson at the end of the year was a very healthy team. So my favorite to win this year is Ohio State based on schedule, quarterback, and trench play. I think they're very good on both lines. They bring most guys back OD line. I don't love them at wide receiver. I don't love them at quarterback. But some of it's just luck. Can, do, do, do you block a kick in a big game? Do you, does your schedule work? Are, you know, you learn, you lose a left tackle and then you, all of a sudden you look out and it's like, oh crap, Clemson's in town this week. You know, I mean, some of it's luck. Pete got lucky. Pete got some breaks. You know, I mean, Pete's teams generally played big in the final game. Pete's teams trailed a lot at halftime. So that Notre Dame game, that Notre Dame year, the, the Bush push. So don't, you know, we tend to, you know, we tend to create this mythology that Michael Jordan never missed a shot and USC didn't. Come on. there's It's harder to win today. Colin Cowherd, you can follow him on Twitter, at Colin Cowherd. Of course, he's the host of The Herd uh, from 9 to 12 uh, out here on the West Coast on FS1 and uh, iHeartRadio. Also, speak for yourself. And Sunday's an NFL kickoff. I want to definitely come out and uh, check out one of those uh, shows at the studio. Oh, it's fun. They serve cocktails at 10 a.m. Oh, no kidding. Sometimes. Mimosas or what are we talking uh, here? Everything. Okay. <laughs> if Fox understands how to play the game on Sundays, it's uh, yeah. Well, that's a big, obviously, a big deal. I, I mean, that's my favorite. The, the, the morning show. And oh, stuff they're great. It. Yeah, it's yeah. very awesome stuff. Well, thanks so much, Colin, for coming in our little show here. Appreciate you coming on and talking some USC football. You bet, bud. That's Colin Cowherd. Uh, this is Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Parastyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. 
People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.